Amen. I'm so glad that God doesn't give up on us. Matter of fact, it's beautiful when it talks in the scriptures. We learn that he doesn't destroy that which is broken, but he, he remakes it. And that's what he does with us. He forgives us. He gives us a new start. I love that verse that says his mercies are new every morning. That, you know, steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Tonight we're going to look at three major blunders in the Bible. And then we want to look at what we can learn uh, from those. And it's some selected scriptures. But as a scripture to read, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 9. Ask when you find that to stand in God's honor. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Let's pray. Father, when I am weak, it gives you room to be strong in my life. As we look at these three different blunders that are revealed in the Scriptures, Father, speak to us that we, Father, may not continue to make those same choices. Grab a hold of our hearts, Father, that we may see instead how to follow you. And I just pray you guide us. And this time tonight, Lord, we dedicate all to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. During the run at the last presidential election, the governor of Texas, Rick Perry, seemed to be doing fairly well in the Republican runoffs. Until he, in a debate, uh, made a blunder where he was trying to describe his plan to reduce spending on the federal level. And he talked about three different agencies. He said, we're going to make cuts in the Department of Education. We're going to make cuts in the Department of Commerce. And I can't remember that third department. It was Department of Energy, but it just couldn't come to his mind. And that seemed to derail his whole uh, um, set out for the presidency as he was not forgiven. But in the scripture, um, I just want to look at some areas here of blunders that make a difference in our walk with the Lord. The first one is thinking we have everything and in reality having nothing. Turn me to Luke 16. Luke 16, we have the account. Some people want to describe this as a parable, but Jesus never describes this as a parable. So uh, with that in mind, I believe this actually happened. It was an account, and it's uh, starting at verse 19 in Luke 16. And the caption in my Bible is described as the rich man and Lazarus. It says, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen, And lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus. Covered with sores. 
and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. The big blunder he made is what he missed. God had blessed him. He had given him abundant material blessings. He had a beautiful home. He had all those things that many around him longed for and craved for and desired. But in the process of being content with that, he missed this beggar who was hurting. This beggar that was near him, and he passed him every day. And the result of that was a big blunder and a major consequence because he missed what mattered. You see, what matters is not just what we have, but what we do with what we have. Because this life is about relationships. It is ultimately about the relationship with the living God. And it is about the relationship with one another. And when you put the horizontal and the vertical and the horizontal relationship together, it forms the cross. And it's the importance of relationships in our lives. He passed by this guy every day and he missed it. And and so I believe that the warning here is let's not miss people. And, And as we seek God and as we thank God for the blessings that he gives us, there's nothing wrong with with having money. There's nothing wrong with having material things. But that's not the end goal. I know my dad used to kid and said that my grandfather used to say, I'm not greedy. All I want is my land and the land that joins it. And, you know, we used to joke about that when I was growing up. There's a picture of if I could just have this, my life would be so much better. If You know, if I could have this car, this house, um, you know, this person in my life, then everything would be so much better. And, and it's not a matter of, of looking for what I can attain. It's a matter of looking around me to see how I can use for God what He's given to me that makes such a, a difference and, and um, that matters in our lives. It was interesting, uh, I mentioned George Foreman this morning, and I watched this YouTube video of George Foreman, he's talking about, you know, going back to boxing so that he could keep that youth center open, and he was talking about, you know, making a lot of money, but he said, you know, since Jesus Christ has changed my life, I realized that the greatest treasure of all is people. And he said, "What well, I, you know, I just, I think of all these people, and some of them are in heaven now. Some of, some of them I seldom see. He said, but what I cherish more than the money that I have is to be able to see them and hug them. He said, because there's no greater treasure that God has created, that he's given, than people that he's created, the utmost of his creation. People matter. And um, so it's not just a matter of what we have, but what do we do with what we have? And how do we measure what it means to be rich? What about good health? You know, I, I kid a lot. I tell people, it seems like every time we meet, um, a friend of mine, if you ask him if he's blessed, he says, I'm vertical. And, you know, his idea of that means I'm able to walk. I am not constrained to a bed. God has blessed me in the simplest of ways. And health is one of those things. You don't realize how blessed you are till you don't have it. Something lays you flat on your back. And, and 
you know, a, a sign of blessing, or is it friends? I remember a, a you know a comic strip where they had this guy and he had this huge sack and he was putting people in this sack and the guy said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm saving my most cherished treasures, my friends." As he's put in, and and so the blessings that we have are really with relationships. They're they're with the people that that we enjoy, or is it a good name? Is it integrity? Because integrity is something that is very valuable. And we live in a day and a land where there are fewer and fewer people who have integrity. Integrity is lost. And so thus is real respect and, and, and dignity and, and helping others. And so how do we help others? You know, in our country for the longest time we talk about, well, let's throw money at the issue. And there's been a lot of money thrown at some issues and some people who are hurting and not saying that it doesn't help at all but the problem still seems as great as it's ever been so although money is certainly one way to help the issue i think it's not a total substitute for relationships with people how how can i help this person get on his feet how can i give him a sense of self-worth how can i help her get a job how can i help her feel like she's valuable and that he or she can contribute and can make a difference because so many people feel like they're powerless um they're ashamed they're humiliated they live in fear hopeless depressed and, and 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 they need they need somebody to believe in them and they don't understand god believes in them and we as his children must be able to man we must be able to share that with our lives God believes in you, and and uh, like the little boy said in the storm, you know, where his mom told him to go to bed, and he he ran uh, he ran back in her room and said, "Honey, God's with you. It'll be okay." And he said, "Mom, I understand that, but right now I need somebody with skin on." And so do other people out there. They hear we tell them about God's love, but how do they see that love? It is through those relationships. It's through those relationships. Um, Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. The importance of using what we have as a, to serve others. Uh, the next one, the next blunder mentioned here, This is from Jeremiah 31, verse 15. And this has to do with the loss of innocence that we often see today in um, our culture. This is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah. Mourning and great weeping. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because her children... Are no more. Um, this uh, in the Old Testament is often referred to this section of scripture as the slaughter of the innocents, and it's a picture in the Old Testament of Rachel, who is depicted as Jacob's wife as the symbolic mother of the northern tribes of Israel, and God's people have been taken into captivity by the Assyrians, and she is at this place from Ma, and she sees the people who have been defeated, and they're about to be taken away as captives, as slaves. And her heart's breaking for those people. As she watches them about to lose their freedom. 
and about to be forced to move to somewhere they don't want to go and leave the people they love and and leave what is precious to them. And, and so she weeps and her heart is broken as a result of that. You know, how can we not but help but make the connection of what's been happening over in the Middle East? As we see thousands who have been forced to leave their homes. Uh, 40,000 refugees who... who had to flee and, and end up going toward this mountain and hundreds died of dehydration. So thirsty and such cruelty that was shown by ISIS. As Kurdish men were beheaded and women and young girls were captured and all the women over 35 years old were beheaded and those under 35 years old atrocities as they were cruelly treated um, just evil just 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 wicked and, and and what is occurring in that part of the world is, is many of our brothers and sisters are suffering and, and losing their lives and then of course as we think of this in Jeremiah it brings us back to the gospels and we're told about King Herod who wants to be the centerpiece of history in his time. And he hears about a king to be born. And he goes on this frantic search, and this scripture is quoted as there's weeping, as as these little boys are are murdered, um, as their lives are taken, as he is seeking to wipe out a threat to his rule, a threat to him being king. Herod, in his quest to get rid of the true king, missed the king. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And how many today, in the search to find what life's about, misses life? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Hey, what's life about? What's the purpose of life? It's found in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. It's, it's not about popularity. It's, it's not about power. It, it's, it's not about prestige and prominence. It's about Jesus. Forgiving us and changing us and giving us a purpose. People go in search to find out what life's about and they lose their lives. They lose, they lose so much. Their innocence is discarded, and there's brokenness. Uh, a drunk driver who ends up killing another person. I remember um, one church that we served, dear lady, and she lived to be a hundred, as a matter of fact. And her grandson, he was coming home one day, and he stopped at a red light, and a drunk driver barreled through the light, eighteen years old. And killed him. The struggle. And that happens. Uh, or those who die of an overdose appeals. They're pressed and they, they you know, take their lives. Um, or, you know, pregnancies that happen too soon. And lives are drastically changed and altered. Divorces that occur. Because of struggles between husbands and wives. People who lose their job and lose their 
homes, people who are literally hungry. I, I couldn't believe I saw something the other day that said American children, one in five, are hungry. You, know, you think about that around the rest of the world, but one in five in our country, they don't have enough to eat. Or those who um, deal with, with disease and, and, and struggle and and that result of choices that were made earlier that uh, changed the course of their lives. You know, Jesus said there, you know, that our choices have an effect in Galatians 6, 7, and 8, you know, um, where it talks about those choices we make, we reap what we sow. One from the spirit gives life, and from the sinful nature it brings destruction, and we see destruction that's around us from broken people. Um, and it comes back connecting the first and the second. People are broken. There's this loss of innocence because they're looking for answers in the wrong places, and our call is to see them, to not pass them like the rich man passed Lazarus, but to see the people, to be connected to them. And that leads us to this last uh, blunder. Um, killing the only one who can save. And this is from John 19, verse 18 at the cross. Here they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. The Jews put to death the one who actually was the king, and they could not possibly understand it was through their rebellion and their disobedience that he would bring what they needed. On September 17, 1788, the army of Austria was setting up camp, preparing for battle with the Ottomans. And... Uh, some merchants came by and sold them some whiskey, <laughs> barrels of whiskey. And, well, they got into that whiskey, which I guess no soldiers should be doing at their post, but that's what happened. And then some other scouts came by, and they wanted to share in some of the whiskey, and then they got in a fight over the whiskey. Oh, and then this whole thing, it began to expand as some the ones that had drunk a little bit too much, arguing with the scouts. And then there were other people coming, other soldiers who were coming in, and there was um, a command to stop and to halt that was given. It was misheard, and what they heard was attack. And the result the next morning was about an army of 100,000 men, 10,000 were accidentally killed, were brutally killed of their own army. And in the church, our call is to Christ, and we have to be careful that we don't hurt our own people. We have to be careful that in the church of Jesus Christ, we don't try to press our own wants and what, what we're looking for to the point of hurting those that are around us in the body of Christ. Because we've all seen it occur within churches. And we've all seen people who, you know, they have an agenda instead of really listening for God's agenda. And guys, we have a call that we need to work together and, and we need to, sometimes that means I have to, I don't get my way. I have to pray through that and, and listen for his voice. You know, the devil, he thought he had won at this point. 
in the text in John 19 is Jesus is on the cross and he looked and he thought, I've finally gotten rid of this guy. He has given me trouble for all of time. Here he is hanging on a cross. The king is about to be no more. He had no clue what was around the corner. He had no idea that it was through the death of Christ that the life of Christ would be unstoppable and would spread out and would touch and change hearts. And that's still our hope today. Uh, this, this is from Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. To miss Jesus is really to miss it all. Because when everything else is taken away, He is what remains. He and His Word. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we all miss what matters at times, myself included. I feel king of that sometimes, Lord. Uh, Father, as we think about these scriptures, and we think about how easy it is to get caught up in our own schedules and agendas and get too busy to hear and to see what you want from us. Forgive me of that. Forgive us all. Give us an awareness of your presence, Father. And as we walk, as it says in, um, I think, Galatians 5, I think 25, somewhere in there, it says, keep in step with the Spirit. Father, help us to be able to keep in step with your Spirit. And Father, help us to Walk with you. It's so easy to end up just, Father, becoming in just a part of this world system. And it, we're just constantly berated, Father. And we're called to be holy and to be set apart. Help us, Father, not fall into the, the call of this world system. Help us to walk close with you so that, Father, people will see you and be drawn to you. And that they'll ask and, and find out Jesus is the hope. And, and Father, help us, Father, not to miss you in our lives. May our lives long for you and speak of you. And, and, and Father, may you be prominent among us. Uh, Father, may we never be a church that um, is too busy for you. And Father has an agenda without first consulting you, Lord. Give us a heart for that, God. Thank you that we've had a chance tonight just to, to be reminded of how you need to be first and how people matter. And, Father, how we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And I just pray you do that among us. And, Father, as we stand to sing, just you know where our hearts are and you know what we need. Draw us to Jesus. Because how whatever the ultimate question we know in some form the answers with you so guide us your way lord in christ's name we pray